Welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast, where we talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. I'm Glenroy. And I'm Lanvel. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottom. Bottoms up. Right, true. Hi. Hey, my warrior friend. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Hi, Glenn. I'm not sure I'm a warrior. Are you I'm, sure? I'm, I'm, you're, you're sure? You're not a I'm not sure. You're not a spirit. I was, I, I, well, maybe. I think it's in the bloodline. <laughs> <laughs> How have things been? Me really thinking about when last I come on the podcast. Come to get come come the seats. No lie, come the seats have been in the foreigns, but all the foreigns. Um, it's it's been good. Um, I think the last time people people asking me if I'm actually going to school, <laughs> but I think that I think the last time this semester is kind of lighter. But the last time I had kind of put off things. Um, to say, okay, I'm going to do it in the next semester, and it actually never happened. So because of that, I'm going. I'm like, okay, if I can do it now, let me do it now. Let me try to um balance things. But we've been through three weeks of strike, so that's three weeks out of school. Um, now we're trying to play catch up, and the semester ends in like two weeks. Um, so. Yeah, well, the, the lecturers are striking um, over pay, um, pension, um, and workload. You, you know, the UK universities been striking. <laughs> so like 68 universities um, were on strike in January. So we missed three weeks of school. Um, but I think beyond, um, beyond that, everything um, is, is progressing. Not sure what this alarm telling me right, right now, but beyond that, everything is kind of good. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's right. Get those. How have you? How have you been? Oh, as I was saying, I was saying this a little bit before you joined. I literally cannot complain. Um, things are generally not completely, but generally going well in my life, except for the Ruka one year of my life. Eh? I always look a murky, you know. Love situation, she, you know, you know, queens like me, what I've what I always have that odd. But you know, it be what it needs sometimes. I ain't gonna get into that. We, we, we can have that conversation over some tea, you know, <laughs> robes and our bonnets, right? <laughs> when you come back, you get the full tea robe and bonnet, you know, <laughs> the, full, the full something, and we can talk. But you know, that aside, no, I'm. Things are going good. I, you know, my classes have been going well. I was supposed to come to the UK. That never happened. I'm a really excited. I'm a kind of low-key. I'm a little disappointed, primarily because, you know, I still have a lot of friends in the UK, yourself included, who made that gear them up, made that gear them up, right? Made that say, yeah, may I come? We gonna key, it's gonna be a moment. And shy, me never say, the day of the flight, never say, girls, well, it not but I, you know so you know that was a little bit disappointing but on the other side no uh 
things are going pretty well. Um, and things, most things are progressing the way I want them to. So I am pretty good. I'm actually, the reason why the podcast are recorded late, but I have no shame for admitting to people and why I listen is because me, I come from a brunch, right? My friend having birthday brunch. And of course, as the resident, Eva Queen, the messy bitch in the group, I had to go to the brunch and act a mess. And, you know, I had to message him to be like, that's a whole look. I'm just like, boy, <laughs> if I wasn't in a whole relationship. Uh, Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, he, looked quite, he looked quite nice. Uh, but maybe that never stopped nothing. That can be an arrangement. <laughs> well, that would be very, you know, things can't open up, things can't flex. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> oh, I was speaking of which, I'm never put that on the podcast, but me and you for talk. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know me and you for talk. But we'll set that aside, right? I'll make us a lot of young man bargain. That's how I'm going But you know, you know, for our mess. Um, so today, listeners, I have the extreme pleasure. I mean, I think, I mean, I think our guest actually knows the level of respect that I have for him. I feel like when we see each other out, we hear each other, we we'll pick up each other, I'm mean, not understand the level of respect that I have for him and how I admire him and the way he does his work. So we're talking about today, um, just how we're different persons within Jamaica who are openly queer, openly part of our community are able to have what we call livable lives, are able to live and exist and thrive within our local spaces. And so we on the Fish Tea Podcast are graced with the, with the presence of royalty, darling, right? We are graced with the presence of Nico Bootleg Rockstar Kelly, the, the stylist to the store himself, right? For sure, for sure, for sure, LGBT person of the year for 2021, Prime Minister Youth ORD for 2021. Come through, big up yourself, Nico. Welcome to the podcast, all of them big fucking. Thanks for having me. Finally, <laughs> finally, y'all giving me a cup to sip tea, child. Oh gosh, oh gosh, Nico, minute to get more. I'm a seed fear, like I ever done. Oh, God, you, my seed fear. Yeah, but that's your seed for me. I love that. <laughs> I appreciate you. Oh, gosh. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for agreeing to join us. I know you're busy, but you have hours, you have hours, you have 50 things for though. So we thank you. Yes. No problem. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> right. So just, like, we're going to start stuff light. Um, so let's just tell us a little bit about, like, your journey, like, growing up. And how did you go from, you know, Nika Kelly to bootleg rock star? Like, talk to us about Oh, you, you know, your journey as, you know, the little gay boy growing up, or whatever you know, yeah, I didn't do that. But look, a queer person growing up in Jamaica um, into this mega star that you are. Um, queer is fine, or bad bitch, either one. Um, <laughs> 
orgy. I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, but yeah, I I was born and raised in a community called Old Arbor Bay. Um, a fishing, the biggest fishing village in Jamaica. No pun intended. <laughs> a fishing village in, in Jamaica. Um, in Saint Catherine. Um. I went to the Old Arbor Bay Primary School. I left there. I went to Clarendon College, um, which was a very seminal part of just who I am as a creative, as a as a human being. Um, but I grew up with a very Jamaican dad, very very Jamaican dad, a very Jamaican mom. When you think of like the 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 caricature or or the stereotype of a two at ghetto couple. I'm a parent them that day. My father have tension on him neck and a ring and a goring by each finger. My mother ears do my mother ear do every three day. When she don't want it crush up, she put her head off of the bed and sleep. That's the type of hot girl she is. So I grew up with very flamboyant um parents and I had I have four siblings. My eldest sister, my sister who's the eldest, and um, I have four brothers, two older and two younger. Um, but yeah, growing up, I was always a very, to say it like it is, very feisty, extremely feisty. Oh, God, I'm going to let me get by my mouth growing up. Listen, but um, I never, I, I was never, I was always forced, controlled, Ushered um, as it relates to my personality and, and, and me being too much. Um, and not in a bad way. I, I, didn't feel, I didn't feel like it was punishment. I felt like it was protection. Because, you know, growing up in the ghetto, um, you say your brother is, uh, or, or a child, feminine, or, you know, automatically what that, what that, what that assumes. Um, but me never care. Because I dry like pussy, but coconut not it. So me did never business. Um, so I was always myself and I think over time my parents just got used to it and just was listen, this is our child. Him not change, him's a little drunk raw, him thirsty, him so that's just that. Right? Um, got to high school, oh God, the diva in me exploded. Cause here I am now in high school, a very prominent high school in Clarendon, um, top three best, um, if I may add. Um and I found my, when people, when you hear people talking about people finding their tribe or finding their, 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 their community, I found my community in real life when I went to high school because I was just looking for a place online before I went to high school, just on the computer, being obsessed with, with, with Rihanna and, 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 and these people. They were, my, they were my community. They were my aspirations. Um, so going to Clarendon College, being there, being around friends. And when I say my, 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 my community, I don't only mean people, for, people who are LGBT allies because we fail to sometimes understand that allies are a a big part of the community and I found friends who just took me as I was and loved me and just really gave me the platform and the push even though I never really needed it but it really helped because I was always myself so having them along the way made me just feel invincible and I went through high school just being myself, just loving who I, who, who, who I was. And it was the best experience. And then I got to, and I got to UA and then boom, I was bootleg rock star. 
Okay. So, I, 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 so I want to come in here because I'm, I know Nico um, from UAE. Mm -hmm. um in humanities and uh, I, I think I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember if it was in I don't remember if we had classes together um but I know you're very popular um at student union around spot area um oh god there used to be this place on Salon Sparkle yes yeah there used to be I co-owned um, it with um, my friend actually oh yes oh Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I was looking for it. I'm very interested in how um, Bootleg Rockstar came about. Um, and even before we transition into how that now moved in. Yeah, I'm very interested in how Bootleg Rockstar um, came about. Right. And as um, you answer that question, I would love to hear what is the inspiration behind the name? Okay, let's get into it, child. Let's get into it. So, <laughs> the name, oh God. So, my, my, so while I, while I was on social media, like when we had the Facebooks, long before Instagram and so, on the social media, the Twitters, and I used to just always give myself some names that was just, it was very like a juxtaposition. Like, how can I explain this? So I used to call myself Loki, not publicly, like a secret celebrity. So you get the, 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 the contradictory and the juxtaposition of, of just everything. And then I used to call myself Rebel Fleur on Instagram, on Facebook, which means rebellious flower. Again, rebellious, you know. So I like to play with the duality of myself, feminine, masculine. So I was always pulled to that kind of kind of thing. So I was watching an interview with Rihanna, big up Rihanna, period, with a good <laughs> belly, right through. So I was watching an interview in 2009, I think it was. Um, no, lie, it was 2014, 13, her unapologetic era. And this host, this UK host was asking her, um, when she goes on tours, like what does she do? She drinks, she finds men, like she's a wild child. And when I said, no, actually, I'm such a bootleg rock star. And I was like, wait, that's my name. I was like, wait, like it, it like I paused for a good 10 minutes. I was like, wait, that's my name. Cause it 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 concludes everything about me and my personality. Cause people do have this preconceived idea of who I am based on my social media antics that I'm, I've piercings, I'm wild, I'm this. And honestly, I'm the opposite. So I'm so, so I feel like I'm a bootleg rock star, but it segued perfectly or transitioned perfectly into just who I am as a person overall behind just that definition because all my aspirations and all my icons and role models are rock stars. The Lenny Kravitz, the Jimi Hendrix, the Rihanna's, of course, um, Grace Jones, Olivia Roosting, everything about them was just very rock star. And I want to be like them. So I'm an aspirational slash bootleg rock star. Mm. So hopefully that made, that makes sense. So that was that. Um, and I felt like I've always had the bootleg rock star persona and, 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 and authority and personality, but just never the name. So when I got the name now, everything just made sense. I was like, okay, 
I feel like a brand. I feel like this is some, like, I, I know can call myself. Because, I mean, my real name is not bad. Like, Nico Kelly, that's a very unique name, I believe. But when you think of a bad bitch, you don't think, like, you know what I mean? Like, hearing bootleg rockstar, just as all you guys were just intrigued to hear the name. I love that. So, yeah, the, the, the name came right in time. And I, I have already had my personality and my aspirations and dreams. And I just took to social media with the name and the rest has been history. Did that answer your question, Manbel, or did you want to... No, 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 no. I, I, I think he, he did um, that because I, I didn't know. It's, it's kind of it's, it's good to hear um, that. I also know that he's a big... Um, I don't think Rihanna can do any any bad for um nobody. <laughs> I don't I don't think she can do anything bad um for Nico. But Nico, you at going back to you, you're always your your fashion was always on point at Yui. Um how did you get into like all right, cool, this is going to and I know you said it has always been an um and you always aspire to, to 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 get into the field. But what is the first job that you kind of be like, all right, cool, this is where I kind of see myself. Who who gave you that the the, the, the the boss, as we say in Jamaica? Who gave me the boss, or who gave me the the idea or the inkling that I wanted to do this? Which one? Well, because it's two. Well, and let's hear both of them, yeah. Okay, so my first, my first introduction to, to fashion and beauty and just what intro, that, that world was my aunt and my mom. Because I had an aunt, big up Auntie Sharon. Um, she was obsessed with earrings, clip-on earrings. She had them in every different color and style. She used to just sit around in front of the mirror and just do her makeup. She was obsessed with Iman makeup. My mom was just the artist girl ever. Like, here I always do clothes, this, that. So I realized, that was my realization era, I would say. Then, honestly, my interest really peaked when I was, when I was watching America's Next Top Model at like 11 years old because I always knew what I wanted to be when I saw Grace Jones, a picture of Grace Jones in a bar, but I didn't know what it was. I just saw this person. I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but I just like the idea that it was a photo. And I'm like, how oh, people take these pictures? Like, what, what is like, what, what, what should I do? Like, what is this? I love it. And I thought, I mean, the models dress themselves. So I wanted to be a model for, 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 for a good amount of time. Then I started to watch America's Next Top Model and I realized that, hey, no, the models don't dress themselves. There's somebody called a stylist. And that's when I discovered Jay Alexander, if anybody knows anything about America, America's Next Top Model. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be him. And then there was Tara in the corner with all her expertise and just like legacy and, 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 and career. And I was just so pulled in by that world and the idea of just being taken seriously in fashion, because growing up in Jamaica, you know, fashion is not a career path that people emphasize or even, I didn't even know something like that existed locally. Then um, I had always had, um, after, after all that, my mind was set on, on becoming a fashion stylist. All my high school friends can tell you, that was the song I sang every single day. Um, so professionally, professionally, I started with 
with this teen online magazine called Envy Magazine, where a bunch of just my peers, creative people, came together and was just doing a bunch of shoots. I was compensated, but was it the kind of compensation that I'm getting now? Or it wasn't nothing major, but it, but 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 it served its purpose, and I felt like damn i could really make a living off of this even though i mean i get wasn't much like but still because we were we were kids so i mean what more can they really give me and this was just to really platform ourselves as creatives then in linguistics class at ue i met this girl named sue that people know now as sue the makeup girl and she used to always come into class with her face fully beaten. I was always just intrigued by her. So I went to her one day. I was like, you do makeup? You always look nice. And she and we we're talking and I was expressing that I loved styling and fashion. And she's like, oh, wait, I know this person that wants an assistant. And she told me her name. I went and I cyber stalked this lady. And she arranged an interview with the, with the person, with the stylist, who, was, what, who did some really decent gigs overseas and came here and now, you know, to just like improve on what she already had. And I was her assistant for a year on and off. And my first major job with her was Buzz Magazine with Conscience and Massica back then. And then a week after I did Tessan and Tamichin, right after Tessan Chin won The Voice. So that was major that I assisted on that so that was the first I would say realization and bus or a toe in the pool of what no bootleg rockstar is and wants to be okay the rule. Hey, mm. I don't know if people have them start like that you know right up the right? hey Blessed. <laughs> but you know so wow that's I mean it's amazing to hear and I, and I love I mean I love hearing these kinds of stories it literally warms my heart that you know you found your passion and and, and in kind of an off chance you kind of found your moment for just reach out to a person and see what can happen and then you know mm-hmm. years later magic happens I love that about that story um and so I kind of also want to kind of wonder um, on the other or complementary to that, as you kind of figured out who you were and, and how you identified, um, did you worry about, or maybe worry isn't the word, but did you think about um, what, uh, if there would ever be a barrier for you um, as somebody who, from as far as I know you on, on Twitter specifically, you've always been open about your your interest in men in particular and talking about certain things. And I'm the saying, hot boy, them, period. Not just men, the hot boys. Hot boys. Yeah. Like, yeah. always attack the things that both men like. Did you yeah. ever wonder about whether or not being open in that way would affect your brand? And, and how did you navigate that, especially as you were building your brand and you were building your identity as a stylist? Um, honestly, I've never worried about it. I think people worry for me more than I worry for myself. Um, and it goes back to just growing up. I always tell people mentally, I've always been very, very, very privileged mentally because I never thought I was in a closet. I never thought I had this deep burning secret that I need to hide. Um, 
I grew up and I, well, I raised myself because at three, four years old, I knew like what my interests were sexually and romantically. So I kind of grew myself as a normality instead of trying to have this mental gymnastics of just how to, to hide this, to hide that. Anybody will know me can tell you, say, Nico, no business, none at all. And I just, I, so it, it's a normality for me. So when I go into these spaces, I'm not even aware of what I am sexually until somebody tries to be shady or say something about it. Because honestly, I don't go into jobs thinking that these people are care or are aware of who I'm sleeping with or who I want to sleep with. It's, that's, that's never at the, uh, at the forefront of my, uh, of my thoughts. But I do, I'm not oblivious. I'm not oblivious to the fact that I know that people do care about these things and it does affect people's chances, opportunities and platforms. But I never had time to care about that because another major thing was my mind was always set overseas. So I was like, y'all out here don't matter. I don't care what you guys think about me. Because at the end of the day, I'm just, I know that my career is going to be overseas. So Una want work with me, Una just have to work with me. I'm not going to dumb down who I am just because I want to, 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 to get ahead, which is a very privileged statement because a lot of people do have to do that to survive and I don't blame them. But who I am, I cannot fake who I am. And it's like the mental torment that it would give me coming from a, a very young age that I was like very honest with myself and accepting. I would not want people to bring me to that, to that, to that space that I've never been. That I see so many people just committing suicide over, being depressed over. I would never want to, 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 to be in that in, in that mental, mental state. So I was aware um, of, of my sexuality probably posing as an issue but i don't know where god a night with i've never had that issue i've never had to well to my face because people are gonna talk people are going to talk but at the end of the day i show up to do my job and i go home and my job is done um so i i i i, I don't know i'm not really that aware of um of certain certain discriminations as it relates to me but i am aware of it with other people in this in the creative space and what i love about the people that i work with especially producers or directors when they're going to link me to a client um for me to style them they have the conversation and i was i was torn with the idea of it, because I'm like, why should it matter for me to have a conversation? Like, I'm coming to do my job. But then I get my family at Jamaica this year. You understand? So as much as sometimes we'd like to be the champions and, and be the change, sometimes we have to go into the mess to get out the message. So I was like, okay, have the conversation with them. Yes, I was like, okay, have the conversation with them. Boom. And every single person that a producer has ever um, approached, every single artist with the conversation, they've never um, declined. So I was like, okay, cool. And that was just an, an, a realization moment too of me just saying, okay, my work is above my sexuality. So I'm like, okay, good thing. I'm, and, and I'm like, okay, not just that, but it shows a little level of... of 
maturity in a lot of these people. People may say it's hypocritical. Some people may say, you know what I mean? So, because in different space and different and in different services, Jamaican men do accept gay help in certain, they're selective, which that's another thing, that's another topic. But yeah, I've never really faced discrimination like that. Okay. Hey, this is yeah, no like this for me. I'm 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 happy I I I, I didn't. I, I'm happy I'm on this um interview. Kind of hearing it now. Um, one I'm I'm happy that you 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 kind of acknowledge that in some sense you're privileged. So a lot of things possibly you don't face a lot mm-hmm. of things. Um, and not be like okay, it doesn't happen. I'm also happy to kind of in a sense I think we've always said that Jamaicans not really homophobic and in a sense it kind of because I, I didn't know you worked with conscience I don't remember the other male um massacre yes I didn't know you worked with them I think Beanie Man was the first um male artist that um I, most I, I, people I know, know. That, that yes that I know that you work with and I think when I saw when I saw you post it I was like hmm interesting um and 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 and, and you know for, for a number of years it, um Beanie Man was one of the artists that when the 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 stop murder music campaign came out he was one of the the artists um that was targeted and I think we always kind of I think we paint advocacy in Jamaica in in a sense one way Mm-hmm. So we need to be kind of out there, maybe blocking road, having placards and doing that, all that kind of thing. And we don't see the need for other type of advocacy because in, in, in ways, this is a form of advocacy. And I've said it um, multiple times on my social media. Yeah, you're in, you're in spaces that from the outside, we'd be like, listen, we, I would never... Um, try to navigate those spaces and you're working with these people in a sense you're changing their perception um that they have and i think one thing i really rate about you as you said you do good work it's evident it's evident that you do good work and people really and truly can't once you do good work people really and truly can't say much about it because if you pay me for the work (laughs) i'm gonna deliver good work whatever you're gonna say upon the side Really and truly don't matter because at the end of the day, me come here as a stylist, me do the me do the work. It was good, so I, I I'm really I really really um impressed with the quality of work that you've been kind of able to um put out. Thank you so much. And I, and I think so to build on that for me, what I love about you know a lot of what you said is I, I identify with so much of it. So. Whenever people talk to me, I say how brave I am and things like that. You see, when you say it would be much harder for you to pretend, at the same way me feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. I have a choice. <laughs> listen, me real like the sun we are shining. <laughs> like I don't listen. I don't have. I don't have. I don't. Have, listen. Let me tell you something too. Let me tell you something. Preach. It's your when people them where bring your come here. No business. Who are those people outside to care? Because let me tell you something. The only validation I've ever wanted in life or I've ever like 
aspired for or, or, or aimed for in life was the, was the validation of my father. Mind you, I've never had a conversation with my parents or my family. I just make them conclude and want to conclude, but not in a negative way. It's like I live. I live. I, as I said, it was, I never felt like I needed the conversation. I never felt like the conversation was necessary for me to prosper or for me to, 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 to mentally be free. I lived. And if you have two years, you have ears, you know that this is a child. <laughs> and the argument done. You get what I mean? Yeah. So when your dad, who Jamaican boys, always want to just be loved by and validated by, my father never yet put him on for me. My father treat me like the only pit name of. And if my father hears a somebody talk, talk, God bless his soul. If my father hears a somebody I rode, I trap me, he might come tell me, say, steer away from that person. I want to tell me how I know. But it was that conversation that made him like, listen, that person a good fear, steer away from them. Instead, they're not going to vex with me because I'm here. So when you have a parent like that who can just prompt you and prep you to just go and be yourself, Nobody else opinion on my so I always say it's very important for your core, your core, um, um, or you start out as a human being. If them accept you at your house, your yard, your family, you love so much, listen, you're invincible. Invincible. Why well, yeah, talk about things and I love it. I love it. I mean, so, I mean, segue, just an example, my favorite piece of, one of my favorite pieces of advocacy work is a book by um, trans uh, activist and writer and director and producer, Janet Mark. And she uses her writing to tell a story, but also to do advocacy. And just like, and that's what I love about you, Nico, like you live it, you live life mm-hmm. in a way that you get the lesson. So this so, Mega turn it. My role is to turn it into the fancy language, but you yes, <laughs> a thing piece. Yes, yeah. Mega, mega tread it. Mega fancy language it. Mega talking at a in at a giant of word them. But you <laughs> such a beautiful and authentic way when you talk about just the what the value of a support system from the home can do for somebody like us to be able to live our honest and true lives even in our context where we're not always supported by institutions and in society in general. It's so important and I'm so glad that you said that unprompted. Like it's, it's critical and when we talk about our ability to live our lives openly and honestly, at a, at a critical piece, because I mean, I came to that realization differently because I had not the best start when my family found out, but when, listen, once mm-hmm. they got to that point, it was a non-issue for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because then, who must stress myself about? Exactly. <laughs> so, me, you know me first. So me, I have a question now, right? Yeah, um, it. Yeah, right? Oh, wow. So story I have to give. So on the other side of things now, um, what are things for you like within the community and like kind of the kind of relationships you're able to cultivate within the LGBT community as well as with the kind of relationships, um, romantic or otherwise relationships you're able to cultivate as somebody who's open. And I ask that per- specifically because it's something that I personally think as somebody who's very visible and very old that I'm confronted with in different ways. So I'd love to hear from you what your experience has been like. I think we have the same experiences, but let me get into it. Um, on, a, on, on a platonic kind of sense, 
my community, I kid you not, loves me to the core. Like I rarely, you know, you know, a girl go bitter. You know, a girl go said this. You know, a girl go said that. Humans are gonna say whatever. Not even just a gay person. Human beings are gonna say whatever. But let me tell you, the love and support and adoration that I get from the community, from the LGBT community, is just. It's like what? Like when I when we go road and them see me and it's just like all them say girl bitter. But if if if, if girl bitter, that's a, if if I tell bitter, this is matter about more at it every day. My community, I feel like is a big part of of my sustainment because let me tell you something. People. Certain people don't like to see other people advance when them do the same thing, especially in the community. Like certain certain queer people love to say, "I'm make sure that I have that, and I'm not gonna want to support you." Blah blah blah. But the fact that they have supported me and continue to support me, even like an LGBT person, they was like, "Okay, okay, this is just huge." Like we had a whole conversation me and my friends about it. Um, so as it relates to just like friendships, I have no problem um cultivating friendships and 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 business relationships in the LGBT space. I have no issue. I've never had a bad experience where I felt like I was I was being bullied or or or, or disrespected genuinely. Um romantically, oh God. Glenn, I don't know if you face this, but because we're so much and we're so festive, it's like people are so threatened and intimidated by us. And people are so scared to date us or be seen with us because it's a solemn story. But the thing, <laughs> so I've always had this, this tug of war as it relates to just like, okay, do I want to be with this person and be a secret? I'm naturally a private person naturally i'm a private person so people need to know that what who i am on social media doesn't spill over into my romantic life come and i look for post somebody from my social media i have disappeared i'd be not possible why i just not possible and i just that's it so i'm always confronted with a lot of uncertainty um insecurities so it's dating for me is just, ugh, it's a mess. It's a mess. And when you do find the people um, where you want to date, it's just like, okay, am I compromising or I'm really happy? Because, listen, one of us stop me up from, we can't, listen, we, we can't be with them. Hey. I'm okay. I'm hey. okay being single. Allow me. Nico, I, <laughs> Nico, I speak to Glenn Soul, you know, like... <laughs> Nico, Nico, I speak to Nico, I speak. I'm not sure if Glenn and I have had the conversation, but at the exact same, the, I mean, the exact same, mean the same. This, the things that you just said, I know the conversation, Glenn has said the same, the very same things um, about himself regarding the, 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 um, the topic. The romantic the aspect. Like... You know, I'm not, oh girl, we gonna have to get a drink after this. I'm ready. <laughs> not the Marriott though. Can I take you know, too long Listen, listen. I mean, the I word, the I word. Like me, it's here at this point. People tell me how intimidating I am. And I, I mean, I get it. And as I've you know grown older and matured, I've I've tried to hold space for people who don't. They, I, I guess me and you 
space, yeah. how we feel about ourselves. And equally, I'm very private. I never post a man yet. Like if you post him, you're not, I'm not posting him as my man saying, I'm going to say. Exactly. You see, maybe that's money now, a group which I have to cross the dots and, and, and somebody. He's more likely to post me than me likely to post him. And that me know, can be a surprise that he's the contestant. So it got. So, yeah. <laughs> um, like, it's, so, I, as Alana says, speak to my soul. No, it's true. that in, Glenn, that intimidating thing. Like, listen, I, I don't think I'm intimidating. You're just scared. You're just scared as hell, not by me, but just the idea of you just like, one, realizing and accepting that you are who you are. Two, like, you just don't want, like, honestly, I try to keep a secret, whatever. Honestly, I'm over dating dear man. I'm over dating it, but over it. It was, it was, it was a dream of mine to just be a little Beyonce or Kim K. We're over it now. We're ready for be the elegant, generous and poor. We're ready for be that. We can't bother with nobody. But I got pull me to a space that I never was mentally or socially. Um, just because. You want, me, you want to keep a secret. I can understand. I respect that. I do respect because if there's somebody who I know is private and deal and I decide to date them, that's fine. I'll definitely date with, with the understanding of what it is. And as me say, I'm private. So either way, if you're open or not, it's going to still feel like it's a deal relationship. So I'm just kidding, but I'm going to just leave it up to God when God ready. If you send somebody for me, I'm going to just work with it while I work with me. And that's just that. Yeah. And voila, you know, people think so. You know, people think I bag. Listen, they listen. I do, I, I get not to sound arrogant, but I have the options, but the options are not worth it and it not make no sense. So, of course, people are in my DMs, of course, people are always are whatever, but then again. Glenn, I don't know if you face this, but for me, I hate when I'm trying to date somebody and they're a fan. I hate it. It it makes me so uncomfortable. Is first of all, but it's a yes man, and I don't want to feel like I'm talking about work all the time. Or you're talking to bootleg rockstar. You're not talking to bootleg rockstar. You're talking to Nico Kelly. So I mean, I don't know if fun had a word for me, but I definitely get where you're coming from. I hate when people put me on a pedestal because hate it because it's almost like I'm like I don't share my vulnerability with everybody. None at all. Yeah, but if I'm in a relationship, you're going to get that. So you have to kind of see me as a whole person outside of the quote-unquote public figure, if you can call mm-hmm. it, that you see. And if you can't see me as a whole person, then maybe kind of look at your side eye. Like, yeah, people, people treat me like that most of followers that I have, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So i just leave it to man. I've had some good times. I'm looking for better ones. Let's see how, how, how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Nick, I have, I have um, two questions. One, where the caption name come from? Like, which part of your brain <laughs> you come up with them caption there? And then two, I know you got three awards um, last year. I know mm-hmm. one from um, J Flag. Um, one from um, the PM. I can't remember the other one um, that you got. What did each of them um, mean to you? Okay, so starting with the captions. Anybody know me, know my more light, I mean, just like a bag of things. And I'm the type of person, when I say something witty, 
from that boom that I captured. So I write it down. So that's just like my caption is a true reflection of just how messy and funny I uh, my my mind is. Anybody knows me knows I'm like uh, if a real well you might not realize, but every client that I've ever had or any friend of my of you'll hear them, and I, and I don't mean this in a negative way or a cap, copycat way, you'll hear them say the slangs that I say and sometimes have the same little mannerisms because like my, 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 my weight and just how I say things are infectious. So my captions are just from, my, from me, genuinely. That's, that's the kind of wild shit I say on a daily. Can I say shit on this podcast? It's good girl. <laughs> you know me kill this. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um for the awards though okay so the what the, the third one that you couldn't identify that was the dub wise the dubbies so that was um a creative director award and that was just from the the camp of um you know you have like the protege camp of of, of artists and musicians it was that kind of like realm of things just that kind of creative creative space the prime minister award oh my god like Like so, the, so the so the diff. Like I, I am proud of each award. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm prouder of one. But what I can appreciate with the Prime Minister Award is that I'm, I got that award for my work as a, as a Jamaican, as a queer creative, and to be, because we don't often see queer people being celebrated in their in um in their authenticity it's usually people who just put a little button up on them tie and just but now i say people but now i say every gay person flamboyant but i'm saying they always give the token gay men the ones that are not as visible not as obvious not as gay um or even they don't know if they're gay or not all those things so when myself when i got that I'm not saying I'm the first gay person to ever get that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. But when I got it, it was just for me. I don't know if people think that far, but for me, it was just a moment for not just myself, but people who young gay men, young queer people who aspire to do what I do, and just can know that. Listen, you can be talented and curious. Cause trust me, if it was just based on my caption, them alone, I'm my kids, I'm my artist on social media. More they get it. So the so it, it it just gives you no an idea to say here's somebody who's just openly themselves, who's navigating and controlling a space where okay, we know it's okay, fashion, gay people love fashion, boom, 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 but not just as a gay person, but as a national creative who's just open with his sexuality. And here he is in all his glory being awarded and platformed. And and can and, and I'm not gonna cut you up, but more I hear that here last time, but I just want to say, because I, I get where you were going when you were saying, you know, uh, you know, being able to be celebrated in that way. You're absolutely right. I feel like through the course of growing up in Jamaica, there have been different people in people that I've looked up to that have show me what is possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think of people like Javed Jagai for showing me what was possible. I think when I talk, think about the activists that inspired me, Javed inspired me back in, you know, back when Javed was, was out there being very vocal about the issues and made me know that was possible. I think not just for me, um, but for others, you, you getting that award 
told me it was possible uh, mm. for all of us, because I oftentimes feel like when we're visible, in different ways we're visible, you're, you're right. There are certain spaces that sometimes we wonder if we can go into and we can benefit from. And the fact that you got that was, it was, it was a moment. I saw it, it a moment. I told everybody it was a moment. And, and you know what I loved about and what I really respect about you as an individual, not just as a respecter, is... Oh, Glenn. <laughs> Stop it. We come from the emotion. When you put all three of them together, it's like... You, you, you got it, you get it. Like there's so, when doing this work and doing this work with this community, sometimes I feel like we do some things and the community not get it. Then I get the connections, they miss a big picture. You see, mm-hmm. you see big picture, not just at the level of the work that you individually do, you see big picture as a member of this community. And, yeah, it's, it's never about me. It's never if you read all my, if you read all my thank you speeches or my captions with, with each award, it's bigger, like every award is bigger than me. Because remember, I know I'm coming from a childhood where my only aspiration or inspiration was Jay Manuel on America's Next Top Model. And when, me, when career day I keep at school, me not see nobody come as a stylist. Me not see nobody come. So for me now to occupy that space where I can be the Jay Manuel to people actually, no one parish next to me, one laying down to me. It's just like I'm having cold bumps right now just talking about it. Like me, because remember, and, I, and, I, and there's not one day that goes by um, when I'm having these conversations that I don't stand in the remembrance of people like Dexter who was out there doing it. Cause remember, me no come and see it. It they are, I come come see it. If I'm, me, me, me never come and see it, I, I, I not see nothing. Things were there before me. So I'm just now adding to what the space really needs. So people, so I, I'm, I'm always aware of, of, of what these things, these moments mean to people more than it means to myself. Because growing up, I never have this, never have it. I never had it until I came to Kingston. I'm no about Dexter, so very late on, like 2015, 2016. You know what I mean? I'm so, oh, because I mean, I, I'm from Old Arbor. I just come to school and go back. I was more interested in overseas fashion and fashion scenes. So I missed like a good part of just Dexter's reign and, 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 and career and legacy. So when I did find them out and we were so cool to the point where Dexter come if you give me, if, 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 if give me things um, as it relates to just like style, which I really appreciated. Um, God bless his soul. But yeah, it's, 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 it's people, I think the community needs to sometimes stop and take stock of the blessings and, and the advancement and inspiration that we have around us. And not feel like, say, we're, we're still in that old age where we're always being muffled and stifled. No, we're, we're actually advancing. Even if it's not in the way where you're used to the Wamaga marching and the placards and the this, we're advancing in many ways. So, yeah. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> Listen, this was our whole, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, that, um, what, what Javian said about, um, if, if, if we keep looking for Stonewall and I think when I started before I, I, I I've always said before I started, um, working at J flag, I didn't necessarily, 
care. I maybe care isn't the word, but I didn't necessarily, the word that J Flag did, I know it was good, um, but I didn't necessarily, in a sense, I care for the work that was being done. Mm-hmm. But I, I think a lot of us don't see how the work, in a sense, and the not silent that work, ones, especially. Yes, and not that we're the only ones doing the work, how that kind of work is making it better for us to. Mm-hmm. Exist. Um, a lot of like when I, when when I, when I went and 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 the amount of work that is done in healthcare sec um healthcare and when people go and, and people don't face certain level of discrimination, it's not necessarily because sometimes it's because people hearts and men and and whatever change, but there's a foundation that has already been laid. Mm-hmm. People out there doing the work, and I think the more and more we, we kind of need to 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 look at stop looking at what. Um, liberation means for the UK are meant for the people in the UK, what liberation meant for people in the US and all those other countries. What does our liberation mean? And right. I also want to balance uh, um, saying that US won marriage equality, but on the ground, people are still being homeless. People still mm-hmm. um, face discrimination in healthcare. I feel like we, we, we need to kind of assess what our liberation look like and stop looking to UK and US and all those countries to be like, the okay, obvious we want what they have. You're right. You're so, I think, I think, I think we compare ourselves a lot to the, um, our progression a lot to overseas progression and it's completely two different circumstances and two different cultures. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of Jamaicans are just waiting for, for just, oh, boom, just jump to gay marriage just so. No, there's so many steps and things before that we have to do. And there's so many um, silent work and silent heroes that have been doing the work that we're benefiting from. That we even realize, as I'm saying, it's good to just stop and take stock of how far we've come. And even as I found out the other day that, um, that from, from somebody at, at, at Equality JA, that certain workspaces... Um, you cannot discriminate um, if somebody wants to wear if, if they identify as a, what they what they identify as in terms of gender like um, oh, Island Grill right I heard that, that the dress code thing and I was like I'm very impressed by that and I did not know that was something that was that was being tackled so we need to just sometimes just stop and just realize that, listen, there are people who are making real change. Even if we're not seeing them, some things that we enjoy are because of other people's sacrifices. Not because of luck. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I mean, because we're, 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 we're kind of winding down, uh, I, I would love to hear your views, Aniko, on like, what would you say? I mean, you said a lot that I think our listeners can learn from and benefit from. And I just love the unprompted frankness with which you say it. What would you say to them about what makes life possible here in Jamaica? I mean, what kind of advice would you give to them about um, the opportunities that exist? Uh, and also, yeah, how they can Take, do that stop taking, I guess, and, 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 and look at what is possible, you know? Just, just I guess, um, expand on that a little bit more. First, be, beyond just being 
a queer person or from the community, just being a human being, you have to be confident in what you want, the service that you want to provide. You have to just be confident knowing that you're going to step into spaces and you'd have to make sure that you give it your best shot. That's one. As a queer creative, because trust me, as a queer creative, we get it 20 times harder. So going to just get the work done, doing the work and leaving is very important. Do not try always to, because Matilda, when I go past it and I do some stuff, people try to turn you into a stereotype or a caricature. You have to make sure that when you're there to work, you're working. I'm not going to dry you out and prove them right to them friend or to, or, or to the client. So you're such and such way. Even if you're not that way, people will try to draw you out. Um, so just always be mindful of what you want your brand to be and to remembered by and recognized as. That's very, very important. Um, what was the other part of the question again? Uh, right? I, I think the other part is really just about, you know, being able to take stock and, and, and your advice and just being able to live and take stock and pay attention to what is happening around you. Like, how did you, I guess the question is, how did you get to this place of awareness and understanding of um, what the situation is and, and how can you, and how you think others can get there in, on their own time? Yeah, everybody has their own race to run. But I say it starts with confidence as well. You have to have confidence and strength in what you do um, as a creative, as a person just navigating the creative space in Jamaica. Um, don't always go thinking that you're a queer creative. You're a creative. You know what I mean? Don't go with, with, a, with a title. That's, that, 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 that's, that's not even relevant. You're a creative. You just happen to be gay. That's just really what it is. Um, and just do good work. Like, I, I, do good work. Nobody nothing to say, oh, because you are with that person, or you are friend with that person, or the association make you actually do it. No, do good work. And trust me, the good work that you do, people will never deny. Because I see people usually deny me all the time in college or some artists. And I see them at the mediums right now. And answered, I look me for style them. Do good work. Do good work will always triumph over everything else. Okay. Any final remarks, Lanville Dali? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think there's there's a quote that says, is it the reward for, for, for good work is more work or something along? Mm -hmm. um, something along that line. Um, and no, as, as I said, it, I'm, 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 I'm just impressed with, as Nico said, um, the way he goes about um, doing his work, the professionalism um, in which he approaches um, his work, and the the how he does advocacy, um, and and I I think more and more we kind of don't know if it's JFAG responsibility, but people kind of need to broaden their thinking of what advocacy. Um, looks like and how really and truly they can show up in in, in different um, spaces um, and kind of help to kind of push the movement um, forward because it's 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 the work that each of us do um, in in different spaces that kind of help us to advance and for life really and truly to be better um, for us in in Jamaica land we love. 
What I will say is this um, on the JFLAC side of things, you know, we do have outlaw trainings that you've been to Landville. Um, that's one avenue for people who want to like think about how they can show up in certain spaces if they want to have certain kinds of conversations. But I mean, just on a personal level, like if people ever want talk through how they can show because I mean, for me, I'm not just the person that works at JFLAG. So I think about, you know, as a person who teaches at UA, how I, I'm very deliberate about being visibly queer while teaching. That's important to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. People, listen, there are so many sneaky things I do that people don't listen. Ah. Being, being, listen, I always tell people, like, I, 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 I mean, I like to be very, very, very queer when I'm doing certain stuff in, in, in spaces that don't always accommodate that kind of thing. It, oh, continue. Because we're not going to talk today. Continue. I love that what you just said. About being but no, that kind of subversiveness works. So being visibly queer sends a message. So even though my teacher whichever law may I teach about, you're seeing who I am, you're seeing that I'm in the space and that sends a message to you that it's possible and that may just be enough. So um, it's a conversation I'm always willing to have with people about how do we leverage the spaces we have in both spoken and unspoken ways. And so that's why it was also important for me and it will always be important for me to claim KC because I feel like the space needs to ask somebody who claim them while being visible queer. And I'm intentional about that. And so if people want to, to talk through how to be intentional about in their in small ways um, showing up, we can have that conversation. It doesn't have to be the full outdoor training. We can have a full on conversation about intentionality and what that looks like and what that could look like in your own context. I'm very, I'll, I'll have a message them open for just advocacy that's advocacy big 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 um part of advocacy oh so yeah i love that so but thank you thank you thank you so much nico thank you guys so much for having me (laughs) for showing up telling us your story giving us a little slice of nico and realizing oh really i'm gonna put it in a 12 calendar so we'll go somewhere drink some drink i'm ready and just talk Right, and I'm ready. I just have a good old time. I just talk about the things because kindred spirits in so many ways, and I love it. Not, like, I'm just so enamored by just how you, you work and move and the respect. Thank you so so much. So, um, to all our listeners, I hope you were as fed by the fish tea as I was because them belch more 50 times and I uh. <laughs> Yeah, you. Um, and I hope it was, you know, it was great for you. Um, even though the place that woke up back, I still have the room for sanitize, right? Washing my hand, right? Social distancing, social distancing can work out, work out for you. If you have a mask, why use them till they're done? I never force them to buy a mask, but if you have them, use them, right? When they say that, they still have to always say, wipe it down before you put it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, and if you want to reach out to us, give us give us feedback. It's at Fish Tea Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Or you can send us an email at fishteapodcast at gmail. 
www.thepowerhouse.com. Just let us know what you think. Like, share, subscribe. Leave us a comment on all the platforms that Fish TV is available. And as I always say, my dears, stay sophisticated. Bye. 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 <laughs>